Welcome to Captain Creature's Creature Feature. Your host, Captain Creature. Welcome to another edition of Horrifying My Friends. I'm horror host Trav. Joining me, as always, is producer Kate. Hey. Robin herself in studio. <laughs> and uh, making his return to the show is Joshua Heath. I'm glad to be back. It's been too long. I think the last movie was... What was it? Do you remember? Uh, Crossroads. <laughs> no, we did not. The Britney Spears movie? That's oh, right. I wish I, I, I'm gonna <laughs> A true horror the, fest. Yeah. I'm going to horrify the host with that one day. Mm. I can't remember what the last movie I was on. Oh, it was uh, Dressed to Kill. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Dressed to Kill. Yeah, yeah. That's right. That was awesome. Uh, <laughs> this is probably my favorite one so far, though. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Sammy Kerr. Yeah. I was looking up Sammy Kerr t-shirts like while the movie was going. Do they have them? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, do they really? On Paul Bearer Press. Yeah. No kidding. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Uh, hashtag Paul Bearer Press. Go check out their uh, t-shirts. They got a bunch of sh- cool shit on there. So when you're every time we're on, we talk about music and shit. So what have you been listening to? Been into the classic stuff? or Because I've been listening to a lot of Ozzy, you know, mm-hmm. hence the shirt. You know, a lot of uh, Alice Cooper, of course, Wasp. Like I've been, yeah. I picked this last week because I was like, we need to do something like fun and quick. Mm-hmm. I was like, we needed, we need like the '80s. Like, yeah, we needed '80, we need '80s metal. And I was like, <laughs> all right, I know Josh Heath would love this movie. Like, so what all have you been listening to? Because I've, like I said, I've been in like a Wasp new mood mm-hmm. and like all that shit. Yeah, I've been listening to a lot of the new Paul Bearer record, Forgotten Days. Um, which if you're not familiar with them, they're a doom metal band. So now what's the difference between like doom metal? Like what is doom Doom metal metal is basically, um, the best way, I I guess mainstream wise, uh, black Sabbath is pretty doom metal. Mm. All the black Sabbath stuff, like every doom metal band, like I shouldn't say everyone, but a lot of doom metal bands, like pledge their allegiance to black Sabbath. Like a lot of them will like have like funny names related to like black Sabbath albums Mm. or black Sabbath songs. Like a Electric Wizard, the band. Okay. Yeah, like okay. they have a little wizard, sludgy and yeah. yeah, like Wizard Bloody Wizard. Like they pay <laughs> homage to like Black Sabbath. So like when you think of doom metal, you think of like Black Sabbath and stuff. Like Early Ghost is okay. pretty doom metal ish. I guess also I've been listening to you know we were talking about it last week. Um, so we I listened to a lot of the you know Blizzard of Oz and Diary oh, of a yeah. Madman. Yeah. And then uh, it's the 35th anniversary of um, Judas Priest Turbo, so. <laughs> yeah, he's wearing a shirt. Yeah, a lot of people, and oddly enough, the movie was in 86, and so mm-hmm. did, uh, so this is like the 35th anniversary of uh, this oh, yeah. movie, Trick or Treat yeah. as well, so yeah. that's pretty cool, but uh, a lot of people give Turbo a lot of hate, but whatever. Turbo Lover's <laughs> a great album, man. Yeah. Uh, Kate, you've been listening to Robin. <laughs> and so we can move on. What have you been listening to, though? Seriously. 
I don't. Um, just my vibe and playlist. It's a lot of random stuff. Super. Um, and of course, like, what would I be without um, Brooks baby, complaining? Baby Shark. Um, <laughs> the Gummy Bear song. Phoebe's really into that. I'm bringing home my baby Bumblebee. It's a smash hit. That's what I listen to these days. Brooke says she likes metal. Is this true? Oh, so they're asking if my daughter, my two-year-old daughter, likes metal music. And yeah, like genuinely, a lot of it she does because he does a lot of drop-off and pickup oh. from daycare, and mm. he plays his music, and so she's kind of just used to it. And you know that I think he kind of cheats a little bit because he'll like headbang and act like real crazy yeah. to make her laugh so she likes it because of that too but um yeah she she has a pretty eclectic taste travis she's been over here at your house listening to like the smiths the smiths and yeah. dancing to that it's like she's she's pretty she's just cool like kid. sad sad <laughs> you like, shut depressing. your mouth depressing <laughs> um do you like so I, we know you don't like metal and shit so but what rock do you like? Like, do you like Aerosmith and stuff like that? Yeah, I like a lot of the um, classic rock stuff that my mom and dad raised us around. Um, you know Queen is one of my favorites. That's more glamour, right? No. Um, uh, but anyway. No, they're, no, they're a rock man. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how it all was classified. I don't really care what the genres are. But it's, yeah, that kind of classic 80s, 70s. Like the cars and stuff like that. Like you uh, guys, yeah, my dad did did listen to Cars a lot, and you guys used to listen Guns N' Roses all the time. Like when yeah. I first met you guys, I, and I like all that kind of stuff. But like, mm-hmm. I never got into metal. Like, no one was ever playing heavy metal around. Mm-hmm. Me. Katie strikes me as the one the heaviest band she listens to is the Red Hot Chili Peppers. It's the Beatles, yeah, like the Red Hot Chili Peppers or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> she's like, oh. she's like Californication's as heavy as I go. Ooh, I actually um, don't really like the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, if Trenton's listening, I always like give him shit, like absolute shit. Like I'm like borderline mean to him, like when he's playing music at work, because like Green Day will come on, and I'm like, dude, if you play Green Day again, I'm gonna fucking clock out and walk home. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not even good Green Day. No, no it's like the I don't know. I fucking hate Green Day now. I don't know why. Like in Blink One Eighty Two, like I can't stand. What? I, unless it's like the um, I mean, ding, 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 yeah. Unless it's like that song, oh, Adam like Adam song. song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm like, get this shit off the fucking radio. Like everything Green Day to me. I, unless uh, it's like okay, you guys are so hardcore. We get it. Well, unless it's like Nookie, <laughs> like stuff from that. I think it's just like so overplayed. Like he was saying with Red Hot Chili Peppers. On what planet? Like, no, no kids are listening to that now. It's not like on the radio. Green Day. Yeah, Green Day. Green Day's pretty huge, man. Well, like, but uh, it's not like in the top forty. You no, know? nah, because they haven't done anything in a while. Like Red Hot Chili Peppers is kind of the same to me. Like Danny California and shit like that. Oof. Like I'm like I hate that shit. Dude. Yeah. Like Red Hot Chili, if it's like give it away and stuff like that, then I'm cool. It's or not like even suck really my the, kiss. Yeah, it's not even really the band's fault, but like some songs are just so overplayed that I just I'm like I, if I went the rest of my life without hearing Dude, that song, it's brutal. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of songs like that. Rock I and mean, Roll Night by Kiss. I could go forever. Oh, 90s Aerosmith. For songs to get into our like lexicon, they have to be overplayed. Yeah. And then there has to be a decent chunk of time where we never hear it. For us to like it again when we hear it. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. I feel like there's just like so many songs that are overplayed, but like if you go like a year without hearing it and you're like, oh, that's pretty nostalgic. Yeah. Another one's Crazy Train. Could we go? Oh, uh, like- yeah. Yeah. Crazy, tra- crazy Train. Like, I don't want to hear it ever again. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't want to have to go to a football game and 
hear Crazy Train every Wake time. Wake me up when September ends. Yeah, that that's lame, bud. <laughs> All right, so before we move on, uh, we're going to get an album recommendation from the Mr. Heath himself. Mr. Eddie himself, the young Eddie himself, is in studio. So can we get an album <laughs> Why recommendation? Why don't you get Eddie on the show, bud? <laughs> no, get... I mean Eddie from this movie. Oh, Eddie from the movie. Okay. I do need to interview Eddie Trunk, though. Yeah, you should. Yeah. <laughs> um I don't know. Like I, I kind of hinted at it earlier. I think Paul Bear's new album, Forgotten Days, is one that I'd recommend to people. They're a really talented band. They're really good. Um, if you like, you know, like I said, doom metal, then they're right up your alley. Yeah, I like that. Um, you like the new Weezer album, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> Van Weezer. Yeah, see, Weezer's another band, like Green Day. I'm like, I never want to hear them again. I did listen to Dirty Honey. Was that a band? Mm-hmm. Uh, was that your dad's, one of your dad's? Uh, my music? dad's talked about them before. They're a big Eddie Trunk band, too. They're not bad. <laughs> yeah, I'm like influenced by Eddie Trunk and shit now. They're not bad, though. They're like that classic mm-hmm. Earl Smith kind of thing. Yeah. I guess it's kind of weird right now with uh, COVID because a lot of new albums haven't come out unless they were recorded mm-hmm. before COVID. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get like 30 albums. Yeah, so. fucking. But, yeah, I really like that, that new Paul Bear record. I think it's, right. I think it's killer, but. All right. Yeah, uh, go listen to Turbo and give it another listen by Judas Priest. Yeah, if you Turbo hate Lover. That. Oh yeah. Yeah. So this week's movie is Trick or Treat. Uh, hashtag the Joshua Heath story. Uh, Nineteen eighty six, directed by Charles Martin Smith, who also directed the masterpiece from nineteen ninety seven, Air Bud. What? <laughs> no way. Oh, yeah. That movie fucking... I bet that movie's so bad if you watch it again. Synopsis. A bullied teenage boy is devastated after the death of his heavy metal idol, Sammy Kerr. But as Halloween night approaches, he discovers that he may be the only one who can stop Sammy from making a satanic comeback from beyond the grave. Uh, who are you this obsessed over? Like, just a quick question to you guys. When you were in high school, would you have done this with anybody? Like, any any musical artist? No. No? For no. sure. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Like, in high school, if, like, Metallica would have done that, like, uh, I'd have been like, oh, my God, Like, yeah. James Hetfield or something? Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. yeah, no question. I was that into him, for sure. Um, so you would be like, nobody knows them like I do. Uh, especially, like, if I was getting bullied like Eddie. Yeah. 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 Like. Nowadays, like if Alice Cooper did that with me, I'd be like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck Gonzo. (laughs) I'm like mowing down Gonzo after Alice Cooper tells me to. Um, Michael S. Murphy and Joel Session produced the movie after making Freddy's Revenge, bringing FX master Kevin Yeager with them. Uh, Kevin Yeager is like a big like uh, special effects guy. Uh, this is starring Mark Price as Eddie Weinbauer. What did you say he was in? Family Ties? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tony Fields as Sammy Kerr. Lisa Orgolini as Leslie. Doug Seven as Tim. As Tim. Glenn Morgan as Roger. And uh, then, of course, you know, Gene Simmons and Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> would you say is, they're on the cover, but yeah. they're, like, in it for 10 minutes? Yeah, Combined. so, yeah, the, combo- probably... Com- Maybe not even 10 minutes. Yeah. Like, it can't be. Um, yeah, the DVD, this was only released one time on DVD, and the cover is, like, just Ozzy and Gene Simmons just, like, standing next to each other. It looks like it's photoshopped on. <laughs> but, yeah, it's never been, like, officially, like, released on Blu-ray or, or nothing. I think that's going to change pretty soon because more people are, like, kind of coming on to this movie and stuff. So this is the Fast Facts. 
The movie was written during a time when censorship and satanic panic were in full swing. Of course, Kate and all the other moms were like, censor metal music, get metal music (laughs) out the streets. Uh, Parents music, the PMRC is the Parents Music Resource Center. They were accusing artists of delivering satanic messages and metal artists like Ozzy and Judas Priest were hit with lawsuits, you know, saying that their music led to teen suicides. Uh, one year before, 1985, D. Snyder had actually gone before the Senate to deliver a testimony fighting censorship and standing up to the PMRC. Uh, the PMRC in 1985 also made a playlist of the Filthy 15. Do you guys want me to read through some of them? Mm-hmm. For of the, sure. Of the yes. 15 songs that are filthy. Uh, number one, Judas Priest, Eat Me Alive. Number two, Motley Crue, Bastard. Number three, Prince, Darling Nikki. Some of Prince's shit was a little risque. Uh, number four, Sheena Easton, Easton with Sugar Walls. Number five, Wasp with Animal, Fuck Like a Beast. <laughs> number six, Merciful Fate, Into the Coven, which Merciful Fate, you didn't have to backtrack the records yeah. to hear something evil. It yeah, was just was playing forward. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Vanities, Strap On, Robbie, Baby. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what that is. Uh, number eight, Def Leppard, High and Dry. Uh, number nine, Twisted Sister, we're not going to take it. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Number 10, Madonna, Dress You Up. Number 11, Cindy Lauper, She Bop. Number, t- <laughs> she bop. number 12, ACDC, Let Me Put My Love Into You. Number 13, Black Sabbath, Trashed. Number 14, Mary Jane Girls, In My House. And number 15, <laughs> In My House. Number 15 is Venom, Possessed. Um, so continuing the fast facts, all of Sammy Kerr's music was composed or played by the band Fastway and composer Christopher Young. Christopher Young's come come up in the notes a couple times because he's worked on uh, movies in the Carly episode, actually. Uh, Hellraiser, Hellraiser, Hellbound, uh, Urban Legend also he worked on. Fastway, little, little, tr- little uh, notes for Fastway, named for its founding guitarist, the late Fast Eddie Clark of Motorhead. Uh, it began as a supergroup with Fast Eddie was joined by members of UFO to form this like, you know, this this group in the 80s that had a few hits, you know, but ultimately didn't survive the 80s like many, many bands. Um, the soundtrack wa- to this movie was a moderate success and stayed on the Billboard Top 100 chart for 11 months. Trick or Treat was sold on a one-line pitch. Uh, kid plays record backwards to unleash a vengeful spirit. The movie's Producers thought that Sammy Kerr's concept could work as like a Freddy Krueger. Like you got to think 1985 when they were trying to make this movie, 1984, 1985, Freddy Krueger had just dropped in 84 and it was like, holy fuck, we need to make the next Freddy Krueger. The filmmakers initially wanted a real life rock star to play Sammy Kerr. This is where it gets, this is where it gets Josh-esque. This is, this is the part of the notes for Josh. Wasp frontman Blackie Lawless was reportedly the man for the role of Sammy Kerr, but he was against the idea of lip-singing songs by Fastway, which is what they wanted him to do. Mm. But could you imagine a a Wasp soundtrack to this movie? The music sounds a lot like Wasp. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Rumor has it that Gene Simmons of Kiss was also offered the part, but he declined taking a lesser role as Nuke. The writer and director uh, ultimately elected to go with an unknown, the late Tony Fields, who had worked as a dancer on TV's Solid Gold, which I think is one of Kate's favorite shows. Trick or Treat was the only acting credit for Glenn Morgan, who was an X-Files writer. X-Files fans know him. He played the, uh, the friend Roger 
X Files fan. Like he's one of the best fucking writers on in X Files history, and was a co showrunner on Millennium and wrote Final Destination. Mm. Um, yeah, so he's like a. Apparently, this is his only acting credit, but he's a big deal fucking writer. Like Glenn, I was like, holy yeah. shit. Final Destination scarred a whole generation of us. Oh, yeah. So. Uh, Ozzy ablibbed like, all of his scenes and stuff. Uh, one of the writers was talking to Fangoria that year in 86 about how Ozzy sat down and talked for like 45 minutes, and they felt wrong like scripting Ozzy, so they didn't. So, yeah, there, somewhere out there, there's 45 minutes of Ozzy, like, talking, you know, about... Any- it didn't sound scripted, so... No, not, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sounded like Ozzy lit just talking about censorship and shit. Um, this actually belongs to a group of several beloved metal horror movies, and maybe we'll cover... Maybe we'll return to cover a few of them, like Black Roses, Terror on Tour, Rocktober Blood, uh, Rock and Roll Nightmare, just to name a few. So, that concludes the notes... Josh, what are your first impressions of this movie? I thought it was really fun. Uh-huh. I thought it was yeah. I thought it was a really cool movie. You know, it's always interesting to see I think we talked about this with Lords of Chaos, but uh-huh. the, you know, how music has always been, you know, in some parents' eyes just like this evil thing that can make people do crazy mm-hmm. stuff like and in this movie it actually happened. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of talked about that in Lords of Chaos, too. So it's kind of cool to see a movie where they actually take that and turn it into reality. Yeah, I, I thought it was really fun. It, it, it's just one of those movies that you sit back with your friends, and it's kind of like um, Blood Diner, where you just kind of sit back <laughs> yeah, and yeah. you're like laughing with your friends at you oh, know, how yeah. ridiculous some of the stuff is. Oh, yeah. But yeah, man, it was awesome. I, I loved it. This is like the movie that you can put on with your metal buddies and with your yeah. horror buddies. <laughs> Kate, I feel bad for Kate every time that we're on the same episode because we kind of treat her like a punching bag. Like we kind of just like <laughs> troll her the whole episode. Yeah, I'm used to it. It's so, fine. Kate, what did you think about this movie? Just uh, like it was a fun time. Oh boy. I mean, it can't uh, hold Blood Diner's jock. So let's you know be clear. It's it's a fun time, but it's not like Blood Diner fun. You know, uh, a little too long for my taste. Okay. But I did find a lot of it really like funny i think if i was watching it by myself i would be not into it at all but because i was watching with you guys i know how much you love metal and (laughs) um just how much brian loves metal and i don't know i just like it's funnier and -hmm. especially because we we all kind of grew up in the 90s so we were coming we were like kind of growing up after all these hair bands and stuff had kind of faded out uh, but that's like our parents' music. Like it, we're watching it through like kind of a funnier lens because of our like what generation we are and stuff. And but see, what's funny is that you look back on all the bands that we were looking at, and they were all wearing jinkos and shit. Mm-hmm. So like they look maybe even more ridiculous yeah. than the hair bands. <laughs> yeah, we grew up in that post grunge era. Where yeah, it was just like Godsmack and Puddle of Mud. And... I mean, Corn probably looked the coolest. Like they were just yeah. wearing Adidas shit. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah, but like Limp Biscuit and shit like that. It's like, yeah, Whoa. I mean, the, the story is pretty straightforward and silly, and the overacting just kind of makes you laugh. I don't know. I I I had I got a kick out of it, but mm-hmm. definitely could have been shorter. For sure. What did you think about Eddie, like as a character? Uh, do you want to get me started? Oh boy, here we go. All right, Eddie is emo as fuck he feels so misunderstood and he's bullied by these like jock guys and he thinks none of the girls like him no one pays attention to him idolizes this sammy kerr guy 
literally says the most cringy stuff like i'm the only one who really understands him (laughs) (laughs) and i'm just like this and it's one of my earliest notes in my in my phone it's like this guy is has like all of the ingredients of a school shooter oh boy (laughs) no for sure yeah and somehow they make him a hero yeah i mean he's the one who started all the shit to begin with yeah i mean he does but he doesn't because it's like sammy kerr he does. He definitely wants, wants to come back to life too. You know, like I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. He's getting picked on and shit. This is again. This is where kind of some of my problems come in. You no. know, like when things make sense, and it doesn't make sense to me. One, why Sammy Kerr would want would give a shit about doing a show at his old high school like so much that like this <laughs> plot exists. You know, like why does he give a flying fuck about coming like coming back from the dead so he can play at his high school and kill these kids he's never met. And then why does this kid get the album? And how does a random DJ at a random station in this tiny town have the only copy? Like, how does this all I think the happen? It was, um, they alluded to the fact that I think Gene Simmons' character, what, what was his name, Nuke? Yeah. That he knew Sammy Kerr because Sammy Kerr went to the same high school, I think. Didn't say that. In the yeah, movie. I so. get that, but I don't understand. Like, why? Why does he want to come back to this high school to kill all these kids that bullied a random fan? You I know? Think, yeah, I think the uh, how I portrayed it was like he was the mirror image. Him and Eddie were the mirror images of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, like it, they don't come out right and say it, but he's like, you know, no one understands him like me. And I think like with the way you port, you, like the way you said it, like. Um, you know, he's like, woe is me and saying no one understands him like I do. I think it's a little deeper than that. And like, they're kind of like, you know, connected in a way where like, they're just kind of like mirror each other's lives. I mean, every, anybody can come up with their own theories, but I mean, not everybody. Like, like And also, here's the thing, too. I don't think these writers Katie's are over here. He's like, yeah. Katie's like, he, he's like, oh, no one understands him like me. But Katie was doing the same thing with Lizzie McGuire. But, oh, yeah. yeah what? You yeah. know, Katie was saying the same thing. Like, nobody understands Lizzie McGuire like me. Yeah. I actually, that Lizzie McGuire missed me. I'm too old for Lizzie McGuire. No. I never Who watched was, it. Uh... That was like Disney Channel, wasn't it? We didn't have that. We were poor. No, you weren't. But so we weren't if, poor. That's an exaggeration. But we did not have the Disney Channel. So who were you really, really into in high school? Like music wise. Yeah. Oh God, I have to. My life was so like wrapped up in the classical stuff. So mm-hmm. I probably just like whatever I listened to was whatever was on the radio on mm-hmm. my drives to and from things. When you were not, what year did you graduate high school? Oh seven. Oh seven. So what would have been big then? That was Soldier like, Boy. Tell him. Yeah, that was like the Soldier Boy like era. Like, yeah, you weren't in high school when Lady Gaga hit big. I remember when no, Lady Gaga hit big. That's and college for me. Yeah. That was like, I think Lady Gaga is like the last artist where I was like, I guess Billie Eilish kind of blew up too. But like, Lady Gaga, do you remember just like over like not overnight maybe, but like how huge Lady Gaga was oh, yeah. when she I, first came out? I loved her first couple albums. Yeah, like yeah. it was it was unlike. Anything we'd seen since like like pop music, I guess you'd do like Justin Bieber, but like that that like Madonna type pop star, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. So looking back, it's crazy to think that that's been over a decade ago. But yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> like, um, so if you were to cast Sammy as a rocker or music talent, you can go like '80s or now. Like, who do you go with? Like, if you're if you're kind of like wanting to do this story again. Like, who do you think would be cool? Modern day or... Yeah, it would almost be... So, 
modern day, what I was thinking, it would almost be interesting to do it with like a pop star or something. Mm. And like have that like to where the metal isn't evil. Like it's like the pop or whatever. Like what yeah. if it was like Taylor Swift or somebody? Like somebody so unassuming. I mean, Taylor Swift probably isn't that unassuming. Well, yeah, I guess you could make this modern day with the whole uh, Illuminati bullshit. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. And it could be pop is evil. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be like an evil. uh, I think one of the one of the recent horror books, I think it was the voice is so soft. I think it was Patrick Lacey. But uh, yeah, it was like a pop star that was like going on tour and like it was like a you know, a seat, like an evil pop star or whatever. So but, was your question, who would we cast? Yeah. Like who, who would it be like now? So this guy, like we talked about it after, right after the movie, who he reminded us of. Mm-hmm. And I, we said, I said like Nikki six and you said Nikki six from Molly crew. But who did you say? Paul Stanley. Paul Stanley. Paul Stanley yeah. From Kiss, like yeah. So those were the two that we said, if we were doing the eighties, like Sammy Kerr kind of looked like. Hmm. I mean, Alice Cooper from the 80s and today. Like, That's true, you could too. Do him, Alice like, Cooper. Like, modern day, you're right. If you're doing a pop record, oh, man. Or you're doing, like, a pop-based movie. What's gotten all the pe- all the white Christian ladies clutching their pearls? What is oh, it that... Dude, um, little, uh, little Nas, little Nas X. X. Yeah. yeah, be that. Yeah. Hey, dude, I'd see that. Yeah, I'd that would that. actually be pretty rad. A movie, like, where he's... See, I found myself playing out these, like, kind of like his music video. I yeah. think Lady Gaga might be killer. Yeah, Lady Gaga. Would be oh, tight. yeah, she would be great. That'd be tight. Yeah. I found myself, what was weird about that little Nas X, like, devil shoes and shit, is I found myself actually, like, coming out, and I saw this on Twitter a bunch, which was, like, the positive side. I saw a lot of metal people, like, coming out and, like, supporting little Nas X, which was tight as hell, because they were like, hey, they're going after us in the 80s, you know, like. It was like it was good to see the devil back on the pedestal where he deserves. <laughs> um, it was but, it warmed your heart. But yeah, I, I, like I wrote in my notes, like Alice Cooper definitely, like Robin, you know, like yeah, like that. Rob Zombie. Rob, when are you gonna ooh. let the Robin joke die? I just don't know. It, yeah, as soon as she made the like that, she listens to Robin. That's when the Robin. I'm joke not was ashamed born. of listening to Robin. A lot of her stuff is good. All right, so we were talking about characters. So with Eddie. So I kind of read more into it like Josh did. Like, I felt that they were doing an interesting thing with, like, fans and stars and, like, how they're not who we really think they are and, like, yeah. all this other shit. Like, I, I, I felt that that part was, like, really, really interesting. Um, did you not buy that he was getting, like, bullied and stuff? No, I definitely could see that he's being bullied, mm-hmm. like, in a way that I would hope doesn't happen these days. Like, the 80s were wild. And I understand that that affects a kid, but this whole uh, like tired story of the young man who is sexually, you know, frustrated, everything in his life is woe is me, you know, (laughs) and like one, I'm supposed to feel sorry for him. I don't, I don't feel sorry for like an affluent little white kid who has everything handed to him his mom does his laundry like and he's a 17 18 years old like he has this massive stereo system and like he's very privileged what's funny is that she's making this argument and she's married to brooks who was in his room listening to lincoln park probably punching a hole in the wall no he was <laughs> brian was at, his bangs. brian was actually like part of like a popular like crowd that like people like to hang around you know like he Mm -hmm. he didn't have any kind of angst like this in high school i don't think yeah i mean i feel bad for anyone who's being you know 
beat up at school or like made fun of or humiliated. Of course, that's not right. That like no one should have to go through that. But this story where I should feel like this kid is justified for getting revenge on people. And then he becomes the hero when he did justice and encouraged and was like wishing for just as bad shit to happen to people as was happening to him. It's not a message I can get behind. As a teenage girl, I went through worse shit than this little dude ever did. You don't see me going out and murdering people or like, what are the other things he did? I don't know. Release a demon to kill everyone. You know, I'm not a sympathetic ear to this story. (laughs) (laughs) Katie just sucking all the fun out of this movie. (laughs) Katie took this and went like in a totally super serious direction. (laughs) So you didn't get any fun out of this movie? No, I had, I like, I, I thought it was funny. Like I thought like, the effects were hilarious because they're really mm. bad. Um, like seeing the demon when she snaps at the girl in the car, like snaps out of it and stuff. Like it looks like really silly. Mm. Like it's a very silly movie and it's like fun to watch and see like, oh, are they going to like, what are they going to do? How are they going to kill the Sammy Kerr demon spirit or whatever? Like it's entertaining. But you you asked specifically about like, did I believe if he was being bullied? Mm-hmm. And so that's why I was like kind of scoffing throughout it because I just like don't give a shit. And they're trying to so hard to make you like feel sympathy and like oh like he's he deserves revenge or like he. I don't think that. No, I think they did. I think I think they wanted you to feel sorry for him. They showed no. you all this stuff to, so you would feel sorry for him. No, I think it's just a tale as old as time. Like you know any movie. I mean, you could look at. There's just so many different movies where like you know the bullied kid like you know, finally becomes, like, you know, people quit messing with him or whatever. And, and I know that, like, in some regards, like, obviously, you know, the violence thing is, like, all oh, because it's a horror movie. But, I mean, there's even, like, light, more lighthearted movies where, like, you know, the person that's being bullied or whatever is seeking, like, revenge, like, Mean Girls or whatever. You can look at any movie like that that's a little right. bit more lighthearted or lighthearted. But, I don't know. I think it's just all in good fun. Like this one, just because it's a horror movie, it's like that. I don't feel like they tried to make you sympathize with him. I just kind of yes, feel they did. They showed so. him getting his clo- his towel ripped off and pushed into a gym with a bunch of girls, and they're taking pictures of his naked ass while he's like crying on the floor. You so tell do, me, you're not, they're not supposed to. That's not. I don't meant to make like you feel bad were, for him. Yeah, I don't know. Like, <laughs> but he did have an arc though. Like. Because once he realized, like, what Sammy was trying to do, he was like, all right, I'm not cool with that. Like, you're hurting people that never bullied me at all. So he was like, all right, we got to stop this now. I mean, like, it's almost like he's getting bullied and then something supernatural happens. It's like, all right. like yeah. I, I got I a know. question. You're giving Eddie too hard of a time, I think. Yeah, quit <sighs> fucking Eddie. Him. Okay, fuck I mean, Eddie. a dude came out of a record. They tried to drown him. Yeah. And Katie still give them a hard yeah. time. She's like, she's like, that's not that bad. Yeah. I want to know, why didn't this demon just possess him? Clearly the demon can manifest itself once that record's played. Why didn't it just possess him? Because well, Why did it leave him there with a conscience at all? Like, uh, I think that goes back to like, uh, this line later in the movie, he said, "There's you're nothing without your fans. So I think he almost like needed Eddie and needed people to continue listening to him. Yeah, like if I he th- would have took over Eddie's body, he wouldn't have been Sammy Kerr. Mm-hmm. And he, even in death, he still wanted... No, the- I mean, why didn't he just... Like, it's a demon. It's like all powerful. Right? It's got all this power and stuff. Like, clearly it was doing some shit you wouldn't think it could do. Uh, why wouldn't it possess him to go and like play the record, you know? 
Why yeah. like wh- why didn't it just stop him from doing that? He I don't lived understand. in the music, man. <laughs> it was all about the music. It was all about the music. You, you guys understand. love this movie so much that you're gonna rationalize whatever. No, it's an eighties <laughs> fun movie. Like if this came out now, I I would be like, all right. I wouldn't be sympathizing with Eddie so much. Mm-hmm. But it's like it was an eighties movie though. Yeah. No, like I, I enjoyed his arc. Like, you know. <laughs> There yeah. was a point where he would like he made it clear that he wasn't okay with it. I think there mm-hmm. becomes a point in time where everybody realizes that the people that you look up to, like I'm a big proponent of probably not like you probably shouldn't have heroes in life, right? Because you know, your heroes usually let you down. And that's kind of what this movie is too. Eddie finds out that the person he looked up to is not the person that he thought he was. Yeah, and like Sammy Kerr was probably a piece of shit in real life. Yeah, I so mean it's like a lot of these old like rock stars, man, are in yeah. like these people that we were like we wouldn't like when we we're younger. We don't know, like we can't see through like, you know, we we don't realize some of the stuff that they might have done or rumored to have done. But you know what I mean? It's just like you we probably shouldn't like put anybody in Hollywood on a pedestal, yeah, or anyone at all. Yeah, for sure. Everyone's just a human being and it puts too much pressure on the person that's being put on a pedestal for one and two. I don't know, man. Like, I just think that having heroes is kind of a slippery slope, right? Because then you model your life after somebody. And like, if you feel bad that you're not living up to, you know, what they accomplished and stuff like that, I think there's a lot of psychological aspects that in this movie that maybe they didn't mean to, but like when you look at it and you think about it, like Eddie realizes in the end, he's like, yeah, I don't need you, right? And at the beginning of the movie, like you said, the arc, at the beginning, he's like, I can't live without him. Like, he Mm. cries, he's depressed because Sammy Kerr dies. Then at the end, he's like, yeah, this guy's a piece of crap. Like, I don't need him. He's angry because he's, like, living through the music and shit like that. Like, a lot of these angsty emotions. And Mm -hmm. he wants revenge. You know, it's like, he's he's really, really, like, living in this heavy-ass music. Yeah. yeah, Sammy Kerr says you should be loyal to your heroes. They could turn on you. So that's like kind yeah. of in a nutshell what you're saying, pretty much. And if you think about it too, it's like the music is really influencing him, which kind of sucks. So that's kind of what they're trying. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I don't buy is that his friend fucking Roger should be getting picked on as well because Roger's a dork. <laughs> Let's be honest. If we're talking about eighties. Like, Roger should be getting picked on. That's key picked on. But Roger... Roger's character was weird, man. Like, he was... You couldn't tell if he was really Eddie's friend, like, because he would... I thought he was cool. Like, he oh. just, like, wasn't a really good friend to Eddie. Roger tried to give him some sage advice, which was, you know, don't don't provoke the beasts. Just, like, be cool. Yeah. Fly under the radar. Don't draw attention to yourself. <laughs> like, hello. But he didn't listen to Roger. But then Roger was nosy, and even though Eddie was like, hey, man, destroy the tape. He's like, nah. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to listen to it. <laughs> yeah, I, I What would that... you have done, really? Oh, I would have listened to it. 100%. Yeah, I would have listened to it, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I'd have pressed Rogers. play while he was still on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you do that to Rob. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kate, um, are we swaying you at all with Eddie's character? Listen, I I, I get what they were doing. It's not that complex of a of a movie, you know. And mm-hmm. um, just because I don't like his, his character doesn't mean I didn't enjoy the movie. Like I do appreciate that they ended him on a good note, as like you know him seeing the error of his ways. And I guess you could take that as being like another message of like you can't undo, you can't undo your actions. You have to 
you know, it's kind of yeah. He's with the chick, you know. He's listening to probably the Go Go's now. Yeah. You know, he's, no. Yeah, he's listening. To, like he's, he's like turned me. the corner. It's like listening to the Cure. Yeah, he's done. Yeah, he moved on to the Cure. So <laughs> you know, yeah, he's a hero in the end, and he you know calls Sammy Kerr a poser, like oh, a la yeah. Zach Bag- Bagans or yeah. whatever his name is um, on Ghost Hunters, who just like provokes him and then, mm-hmm. you know uses a little bit of science, traps him in a metal cage. Mm-hmm. Now that's someone you should get on the show. Zach from Ghost Adventures. <laughs> My name is Zach Bagans. Yeah. <laughs> Which Sammy Kerr probably was a fucking poser. And a lot of these guys are posers. Yeah, for you know, sure, dude. Like in the meet, yeah, you know, in fucking, they take pictures like with, you know, all brutal and shit. And then on their off time, they're like golfing. You know, like, like Alice that. Cooper. Yeah, like yeah, like Sir, like Sir Alice Cooper over there. Alice Cooper, big golfer, man. Yeah, very really cool, good golfer, reasonable actually. guy. Yeah. 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 Very religious man. But in the photos, he's, you know, scary as fuck and, you know. Guillotines on stage. I thought that, like, this this kind of, like, scary metal stuff was all just meant to be for fun. In my education with you guys, you introducing me to things where people actually believe this kind of shit is disturbing. And I don't think I'd want to listen to bands like that. There's definitely (laughs) some bands that... Well, they say um, King Diamond is a a Satanist. Well, I don't think Satanists means what a lot of people think it means in a philosophical aspect i think like i don't think he's summoning demons it's not like that right king diamond was for sure theater but i think i think they said he was like a levian yeah satanist i think which was more philosophical free choice like like do wasn't individuality and stuff it wasn't like a crowley kind of thing Mm -hmm. but um i don't know king diamond probably i think I don't know, man. In the 80s, he probably said he was. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like somebody like Jimmy Page, like, legit got up to some dark shit. Like, well, he was really invested in the... Um, Crowley house yeah, and, like, like that Black shit. Magic and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he bought that house. And I think that... Wasn't that the house they wrote Stairway to Heaven in? And that's why there's, like, all these, these theories. Like, I think... I, I could be totally wrong on this, but I think I read an article one time that Robert Plant said he was, like, sitting in the house with Jimmy Page... And, like, he looked down and he had written the lyrics to Stairway to Heaven. Well, I know, like, uh, a bunch of people used to go up there and stay with them. And they said they'd see, like, a head rolling down the stairs and, you know, shit like that. Because Crowley, like, when we went to Scotland, they they were talking about how Crowley, like, dug underneath the house and, like, into the cemetery next door. And was, like, taking bodies. Is that where his house is? Uh Uh-huh. Did you see it? Yeah, it's on Loch Ness. Mm -hmm. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah, it's like sitting up on a hill and locked. What? It's fucking badass, dude. And that was the house Jimmy Page owned? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, and the cover of Led Zeppelin. I think it's like the cover of Led Zeppelin 4. Like, there's like that background. Like, there's like a uh, a visual like on it of that, of Loch Ness. Does anybody own it now? No. It's like condemned and shit. No way. Yep. Nobody yep. lives little there. trivia like, for you. No kidding. Oh. Yeah, it's like all condemned and shit. You got, so I want to go around and like get some of your guys' like favorite scenes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So Josh, we'll start with you. Put me on the spot. I like the scene, um, or especially when he's playing the concert in the gymnasium. Oh yeah. And like he just picks the guitar up out of the air. Yeah. And then the fog <laughs> starts coming in, and yeah. like everybody's like, "Is that Sammy Kerr?" They're, they're just looking up there. They're like. Oh, I mean, he looks like him. He sounds like him. Yeah. And they just think it's like some cover band. That scene was really cool. He like winds up on the on top of the basketball goal, mm-hmm. and he's just like crouched up there, and he's like zapping people. Yeah, <laughs> that he's full t- on like Freddy Krueger. <laughs> <and that shit. laughs> yeah. yeah, I thought that was really cool. 
I'll kind of twist it right here. The scenes that I didn't like, the car scenes, man, where it was like the driving rever- stuff. Yeah, the yeah. reverse, like when the car was in reverse and like going everywhere. I was like, all right, <laughs> too much like, budget okay, on the car stuff. Okay. Yeah. It was like enough of the car. It's like enough. It's like uh, Christine from uh, Stephen King. I'm just like, oh, come on, like let's <laughs> let's move. There's a lot of like influence of movies in this that you can like. Mm-hmm. I was like, is this like a metal version of Friday the 13th when he was like drowning and all this? I was like, oh. yeah, all right. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I, I like that scene where he like grabs the guitar out of the air. I thought that was really cool. Um, I think the scene when he first arrives and like you see that demon popping out of the uh, oh, like yeah. the crate, like it's like when Freddy Krueger's like poking through uh, the wall. The wall. Yeah. yeah. Reminded me of that. I thought that scene was really cool. And the mom's like trying to come in. And he's like, no, don't. <laughs> Kate, what about you? All right. So it was a lot of little things, honestly, for me. So I, I like the same scenes that you mentioned, Josh. So I love the chase scene. So this is when Eddie like gets some balls. And he has this. he's already listened to the record backwards once. And it's saying, like, you're the bait, let them catch themselves. I don't know, something like that. And so he flips the, what's it? What's the word I'm like? Tray. tray he flips yeah. the tray, like, onto him, and he's like, eat this or whatever, and runs. And so, like, all these dudes that bully him start chasing him through the school. And what really just made me laugh, and I just thought it was hilarious, was um, how all the guys, like, were wiping out. Like, <laughs> he just, like, threw like, anything and everything, and they would like wipe out in the most hilarious ways and i think the best one was the guy and it's just this very fleeting clip of him just like flying down the, he's like folded in half practically yeah, that just dude, like, like flew out of flying <laughs> flying down the stairs um so it's like stuff like that was just like very silly and i think meant to make us laugh um and uh some one-liners from tim he said it's like what do you think do you think i'm a wussy fucking weak tit <laughs> wussy fucking weak tit uh, and I just thought that was funny. Um, what else? I love the Aussie scene. Oh, yeah. When he's on TV and they've got him all spruced up and looking like a clean cut reverend or something. Yeah. Uh, and his just rambling about the song. They ask him about this song that's called Do It Like a Dog. <laughs> it's just like so ridiculous. Wouldn't you love to see that yeah. like whole segment though? Like just hear oh, yeah. Aussie like rambling. Oh, and as for like a full scene, because a lot of these are just like little things that made me laugh, but... Uh, the scene where Roger plays the tape, Sammy Kerr comes out and he's kind of terrorizing Roger, telling, giving him instructions on that. He needs to make sure the tape gets played at the dance, whatever. And he, the old lady who in the early part of the movie was on the news or whatever saying, you know, we have an epidemic in our town. It's rock music. And uh, so she pops on the screen again and he literally like reaches in somehow and rips her out of the, the tv, TV and like her little crispy corpse is just like thrown on the, the ground time, yeah. and then rogers like later is trying to sweep up her <laughs> corpse he doesn't even pick up the big chunks you know it's, i don't know stuff like that um i really did enjoy it. i'll probably remember a lot of those scenes so it, the movie did something right you know so some of my favorite scenes were like anytime sammy interacts with the tv like at all like you mentioned him pulling out that old woman another time ozzy's talking and he like this is during the scene, I think, when he first, like, reveals himself, like, out mm-hmm. of the amp and shit. But he, like, takes his hand and rubs it across the TV, and there's, like, screams and shit, like, as Ozzy gets yeah. phased out of the TV. <laughs> it's badass, man. But 
like uh, any Sammy Kerr scene really like I wish we would have got more of a like um like a idea of like what his power is mm-hmm. or like what his power levels or power set is because it's like it feels like it's just like electricity almost like shocker but it's like I don't know yeah I don't know because he comes out of radio yeah I mean it's <laughs> I guess the power of rock man I don't know <laughs> Um, yeah, it would be. I wish we got to see like the full extent of his power because I feel like what was the most dramatic thing he did really? It was all a bunch of little things, and he was. I, I just don't understand his purpose. Like, why is he chasing all these little kids around? Like, I just. Yeah, that's a question I had too. Was like, what was his reason for wanting to come back? Yeah, they don't give you any sense of yeah. it. He should have went think. bigger. It's not like because in. Nightmare on Elm Street, you you get to know his backstory, and he's got this whole like revenge on the kids of the people who killed him, you know, and he's a diddler or whatever. So like that kind of makes sense, but this one that you don't you have no idea why Sammy Kerr. I mean, this gets us to my earlier question: Why the fuck does he give a shit about these kids in this town? Mm-hmm. Yeah, then so... you, you think about it too, but Michael Myers doesn't have a reason either. Yeah, uh, it would have been cooler like if Sammy went bigger. Like at the end, like he, he should have been playing like they should have been playing like a um, like a fucking fair or something like that of the town. And he An like arena. levels the whole town. Yeah, that'd have been killer, dude. He's like, oh, like, but why does he have a beef with the town? He's living fucking... he's living a rock god lifestyle, like world famous. Why would he give a shit? My theory is that he was bullied like Eddie was bullied because Eddie identifies with him. That's you my don't theory. think with all this fame and. Like all these fans, uh, uh, like love and adore him. That he gives a flying fuck about the kids who bullied him in the past. He's. I think a lot of people hold on to that. I don't know. A lot of people hold on to that stuff for the rest of their lives. I think there's a whole saying that like the best revenge is a like a life well lived or something like that. Living well. Yeah, the best revenge is living well. I mean, like yeah, he's living well. Why does he care? Uh, So much it's scarring though. Yeah. uh, Yeah, for sure. It's dramatic, man. A lot of successful people had it rough. They either had parents that were rough on them, they were bullied, and they lived the rest of their life to prove everybody wrong, and that's what drives a lot of successful people. But he already did. That's my point. He already like proved them wrong and got famous and was like living the life he wanted. You have to find something to keep you going, though, I guess. Like, Why wouldn't he be seeking revenge on the people who torched him? Where's the story on that? Yeah, that'd have been cool if like it revealed that the evangelicals fucking burned them or something, and then yeah. he's coming back to knock them off. You that'd know, have been, that'd have been. Killer. I don't think Sequel. these teenagers in this town were the ones who lit his house on fire and burned them. It's a them battle alive. for America's youth. <sighs> You're. It just doesn't make sense, and you should just agree with me. Where's the sequel? Point. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the sequel? Uh, I don't. This. I'm sure this probably didn't make a lot of money. Huh. Uh, it, it did okay, I think, but yeah, it didn't. It, it needs a fucking sequel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. All right. So, do we want to go around and give like our final thoughts on the movie? We sure. can skip Kate and just come straight to me. <laughs> no, you can yeah. start, Josh. Like I said, I liked it. I thought it was a fun movie. I thought it was a really cool play on how '80s rock was. A lot of parents were against it and thought that it was evil and whatnot. So, I thought that was a really cool play on that. Um, you know, I thought it was just a fun watch. Obviously, it's nothing to be taken seriously at all, but um, yeah, it's a fun watch with your friends. Are we giving ratings? Yeah. 
We're you want to do ratings. a rating out of five? I'm going to go a four out of five. All right. Cool. Wow, generous. Um, I think I'd give it a two and a half out of five. Okay. Yeah, I just need I need a slightly better story, like a reason. I, the why didn't make sense in this film. Um, if I had that, it'd be a solid three for, you know, pretty entertained the whole time. What if Robin was the character of Sammy? Uh, give it up, you two. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> All right. So I would give this like a four out of five as well. Um, I really, really like this movie. I think it's fun as fuck. Like, uh, I think it's like one of those movies that really, really like if someone asked me what needs to be on Blu-ray, like I think that this needs to be on Blu-ray, like in a special edition. Uh, just for more people to see it and stuff. It's actually on YouTube, uh, like currently, like the entire movie is, by the way, for anyone listening and uh, trying to figure out where it is, you know, where you can watch it and stuff. Because I think the DVD goes for like 30 or 40 bucks. Yeah, and it takes place on Halloween. I don't even think we mm-hmm. even mentioned that. Yeah, about. yeah, it's a it's a killer Halloween flick. Yeah, it's a deep cut, I'd say, mm-hmm. for anyone who's looking for a new Halloween, silly, you know. Party. I completely party, forgot party it's party on Halloween. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it takes place on Halloween. Yeah. So, like, yeah, but as we've said, like, I think the I think the, the biggest weakness of this film is the ending. Like, I think if the yeah. ending was bigger. Anticlimactic. Yeah, right? that would have been killer, dude. Yeah. Um, yeah, their plan worked exactly like they wanted it to. You know, yeah. like. <laughs> yeah, not to interrupt <laughs> where's the, you. Where's the struggle? Yeah. yeah, not to interrupt you, but I, I, I should have mentioned that. The ending was just, like, very anticlimactic with the way that. They got rid of them. I wish we would have found out what happened with uh, old Eddie and the girl. It'd have been killer if like uh, the fans in the like at that show that he's playing, if he was like turning people into like rockers or mm-hmm. something, and then they were like <laughs> yeah. going out and killing. That'd have been tight, man. <laughs> Why don't Maybe you we need to write sequel, that script? Though. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we need to write that. Um, but yeah, so I want to thank you guys for joining me for this episode. It's always a blast having you two in the same room. Um, and my book recommendation this week is The Kill Riff by David J. Scow. The Kill Riff, so a description synopsis, Lucas seeks revenge for the death of his daughter, trampled to death during a heavy metal rock concert, stalking one by one the members of the rock group who had performed, and only Gabriel Stannard, former lead singer, can stop him. So David J. Scow, splatterpunk movement, uh, 80s, I think it's the 80s to early 90s, yeah, late 80s. The Kill Riff is my book recommendation this week. But um, yeah, as always, thank you for joining us. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Horrifying My Friends and on Twitter at Horrifying MF. Uh, also, check out my YouTube channel, Captain Creature, and hit me at Captain Creature on Twitter. One more thing. <laughs> All right, let's hit it. The Metalhead Box. When are we going to get reviews of the Metalhead Box on your yeah, YouTube so, channel? Yeah, I need to do that. I think our new Metalhead Boxes come in this week, by the way. I definitely need to do that. Maybe I'll like review them both. Yeah, shout out the Metalhead Box and yeah. see if we can uh, yeah, Metalhead Box get the, the podcast sponsored by the Metalhead Box. <laughs> That'd be killer. Uh, to do that, though, we need Kate. To, we need to record Kate like saying a bunch of cool shit about metal. I like metal yeah, music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's it. Bye. Oh, fine. My friends.